Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 59. It's not a person today. It's not a person. Uh, But we're in Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16, taking a little break from a specific person's story of faith. And talking about people. Yes. And and that's almost nameless people, which will hit a little bit later in the chapter, but we get a kind of a taste of what's to, what's to come. Yes. Um, so, so let me, let me ask, we typically start with this question. When you were growing up, when did you feel like you didn't fit in? Hmm. Okay. I switched schools in fourth grade. Okay. So previously I went to uh, a small elementary school in Grand Ledge. Okay. Uh, switch over that school closed we went to Lansing Christian and it was at the time the elementary school was on well what's now Martin Luther King so there was for sure like I mean any time for a kid when you're getting to know people like the people were new initially I was placed in a um, my teacher was going to be a man I don't remember this, but my mom said I freaked out about that because I only had <laughs> women teachers. And was like, I did not even know what to do about that. So I don't remember that, but I was in this Bristol's class. They switched that. But there were, there were so many things that were different. That is what I remember. Like the traffic noise and- wow. I mean, different th- things like yeah, yeah. our the we didn't have a bathroom in our classroom like that. I have very strong <laughs> memories of feeling like I don't know where to go to go to the bathroom. So it was it was all of those things. Getting to know the the place, the sounds, everything was all so new and different. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, that's interesting. It's it's kind of funny too. Like the bathroom in the classroom. I it was very significant. <laughs> For me, um, I think it, it actually began um, at like 12, 13 years old when I became a Christian. Um, prior to that time, you know, I, the, the life that I lived, it, you know, it's not necessarily a life of crime, but it was like, um, you know, I cussed like a sailor. And the moment I became a believer, it's like the spirit convicted me of that. Mm. Um, and I felt different going back to school. Um, but one of my good friends who went to church with me, his brother was in my class and, um, he and the class laughed at me when Robert announced that I had gotten baptized the day before and, and people laughed at me and I was like, like no one told me how to deal with peer pressure. And for the first time, like I felt. I felt different. I felt like this is, these are not my people. And so one of the interesting things, not knowing how to deal with peer pressure, I wanted to prove to people that I was still the same. So you wanted to fit in. Exactly. I wanted to fit in, but I knew deep down inside I was not. And so, um, so I wanted to prove to them that I still knew how to cuss. And, um, and even when I did, it didn't feel right. And um, even though I attempted to fit in, I think people knew that I was different. Then when I got to high school, individuals, um, um, you know, I played baseball and a lot of friends of mine, they smoked weed and they offered me weed. And I said, no, I don't want it. And and so it it just felt like, wow, I'm I'm different. And they laughed at me then. And so so it was one of those things that that no one told me about 
peer pressure, how to mm. deal with it and how to respond to it when you f- don't fit in, when you feel different, when you feel like a stranger yeah. to people that you know. And um, so anyway, I, that's that those were moments for me. And and I think the people that we're talking about today probably felt like they didn't fit in. They yep. felt like aliens and strangers and recognizing that this world was not their home. And we're picking up uh, at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. Yes. So what, what, do we, what do we see there? Okay. So maybe it's even worth it to just read the verses because yeah. I think it, it really will, good. then we'll unpack it a little bit more. So it says, these all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now, those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It's a lot of stuff there. Yes. Yeah. And and perhaps things we can relate to. I mean, you definitely see the connection to your story of not of recognizing, boy, I don't fit in. I yeah. feel strange. Um, the version that I read from said they felt like foreigners and temporary residents, but maybe a different version says exiles or aliens, yeah. even, which yeah. is, <laughs> seems like a very extreme term, but different, standing out. And and I think that as unnatural or uncomfortable a feeling as that is, that is who we are as believers here on earth. Absolutely. This is not our home. Yeah. We really are temporary residents here. Um, And there's a lot of repercussions of that when we recognize, wait, this is, this is not my final destination. Yeah. This is not, this is not my home. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get really, really comfortable, um, in this world. And when we do, um, we, I think sometimes we're shocked back into reality, whether when life happens, um, when our faith is tested, Mm -hmm. um, we're shocked back into reality that, whoa, um, this is, this is not my home. I should not get comfortable. I should not be lulled into self-satisfaction and ease, but really, um, um, disentangle myself from, the world in such a way where we we live lightly, we walk lightly, we don't uh, hold on to to things too tightly. Yeah. Now, kind of going back a little bit, you know, when you start at verse thirteen, these and and it refers back to um, Abraham's descendants. Anyone who walks with God, who trusts God, who has faith in God, like Abraham and Sarai did. Um, um, these are the people that, um, that the writer is referring to. We are a part of yeah. that number. Uh, every generation who trusted God is a part of that number. And the interesting thing is that, and, and I don't know if I, I like this because I, I want to see the result of my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the text says they all died not having received the things that were promised. Like, like, like there's going to be a time where if God has promised something or if, if, if we believe that God is going to give us something, you know, 
based on what we see in scripture, that that those individuals, we might die without seeing that. Yeah. And and I don't know if I really like that. I I, I want to I, I want to see my grandchildren and great grandchildren bless the world with the gifts that God has given them. And yet the reality is I might not see that. And what we see in this text, many of those individuals did not see what God promised. And I know it's true, but I don't know if I like it. Fair. <laughs> and and I do think that is what these verses are about, is adjusting our expectations. Yeah. Uh, I think we, because we are human beings, uh, mortal creatures with eternity in our hearts, but we we do get very comfortable here on earth and we expect have certain expectations of how we think life should go. Like I should see my grandchildren grow up Uh, that we, there's quite a few things that we expect. And I think this passage calls us to recognize those expectations and hold them lightly, lightly. Like uh, even back to your original story, we, we kind of expect that we should fit in that. Well, why shouldn't people like us? Yeah. No, why? Yeah. Why shouldn't we? Oh, just everything be up and to the right. We we want that, but this passage reminds us. Well, actually, you are aliens, and um, you are temporary residents here. You are you are not going to fit in. Instead of feeling like, boy, why why am I facing persecution, or why are people upset with me? Even thinking back to what we said about Noah, that his actions made other people perhaps feel uncomfortable about yeah, yeah. themselves. Um, that that really should be our expectation instead of, oh, everybody should just love me. Yeah, yeah. So having that little change of expectation, uh, big one, we expect that we're going to experience pure happiness and contentment and that life should be up and to the right. Like, yeah, yeah. nope. Yeah. To your point of, we might not yeah. have a long life. We might not get to experience things that are on our bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And and we are not promised that. Yeah. And, and yet we get... Um, a little bit of a taste yes. of heaven, a taste of what we're going to experience in eternity. And um, whether it's a taste of joy, a taste of peace, a taste of God leading us, and we see clear indicators that he's leading us in this way, or even a glimpse of the promises that mm-hmm. um, that he's given. And so, so sometimes we... Um, I, I, we have to be satisfied with with a taste of what's to come, yeah. and um, and so um, this is not heaven. And I think we've created, we've attempted to create a heaven on earth, and it is not reality. Um, we get a taste of it. Um, ultimately, we get a chance to experience it fully when we get to heaven and when we're in the the full presence of the, the presence of God. And so I think not getting too comfortable living as strangers, living ex, as, as exiles, it really helps to deal with the disappointment that might come, uh, that, that we've created. We've mm-hmm. created moments of disappointment because we our expectations become unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So, and I think even those unmet expectations that ache 
for something better is that reminder that there is something better. Yeah. But it's not going to be found in this life. Pure contentment, pure happiness. We There will always be um, disappointment because of the brokenness in our world. So in a kind of weird way, that can be comforting to know, okay, I, if there is something better, they're having a future orientation. I love that it was years ago, but and I'm sure you could find that on YouTube, but Francis chanted this sermon with yeah, yeah. a rope. Love it. Yeah. And he, to try to picture eternity, this rope like went all the way around. I mean, just, I don't know, yards and yards and yards and yards to represent eternity. And then he had red tape on just two inches of it yeah. to represent our life here on earth. And that really is the case. Like we're all about these two inches because it's all we can really comprehend right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's just, that is all we can comprehend, but we have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It is beyond our comprehension. We get hints of it, as you mentioned, of what that um, heaven, that perfection will be like. So it, I think it's just a constant battle yeah. of remembering, oh, actually, yeah. this isn't all there is. Oh, I don't, this is not my final home. The, I. I really don't fit in here. That that yeah. ache for something better is because there is something better. Yeah, I, I you know, I, as as um, as we were preparing for this, and I was thinking about this particular passage, um, I I think I had to admit um, that I don't know if I long for heaven as I should, mm. um, and I wonder if I've gotten comfortable with my stuff. Wonder if I've gotten comfortable, you know. Um, wanting the comfort, um, even maybe compromising my values so as to be liked and noticed and all of those things. And so um, so I think those things are our present day comforts, I think, cut our appetite for heaven in the future. Yeah. Um, and maybe even a taste of it. Now, I think I think pain and suffering cuts our appetite for um, it, it it probably does two things like pain and pain and suffering is like like that's all I am experiencing. And I don't think I'll ever experience what heaven looks like and what heaven feels like. But I think also the comfort um, that I surround myself with. I've created heaven here. And so it can't get any better than this, right? It can't mm -hmm. get any better than having all the nice things and all of those things. This has become heaven to a lot of people. And I think it cuts our appetite for something that is far better, far greater than what we're experiencing now. So how do we prevent that from getting too comfortable yeah. I think because I think that is a huge battle that we may not even be recognizing yeah. in our culture. How do we prevent that from yeah. getting too comfortable here? I, I think that man, we we um, we travel light. Uh, we travel light, and we um, we ask God for a perspective on pain and suffering. That um, we we live simple lives as opposed to lives that are filled with things that distract us from from heaven. I think we 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 read the scripture about heaven. We we understand a little bit more of what it is and um and and I think we also we 
enjoy the little tastes of heaven now Mm -hmm. that gives us a longing and an ache for something far more, um, far better uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Would you add anything? Well, it makes me think about in spiritual parenting, we talk about parenting with the end in mind versus the short term. And, and really it's applicable in your, in your daily life as well. Like in parenting, it's, you know, we might get of the mentality of, well, if I can just make it, we'll just make it through the toddler years, the terrible twos or the teenage years yeah, or yeah. for bedtime, you know, make it to bedtime for crying out loud. Like right, sometimes right. that can be the goal in our daily life, you know, whether that's, okay, if I just make it through this work deadline, then that's what I'm trying to get through. Or if I can just get to experience, you know, this bucket list vacation, like that's going to be the thing. And I think if we constantly live our lives with those short temporal um, tasks and experiences, well, then we miss out on the fullness of what God is offering. And and our life is just full of temporal, short-term things that don't last. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in our stuff Yeah, uh, and all of that. Yeah. I'm going to give you one more that I think could help us. And it actually comes from Ecclesiastes. And um, um, the preacher, as, as uh, scholars call Solomon, he says, it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of, a house of feasting. Translation, it's better to go to a funeral than to go to a party. Um, and so so maybe every so often we ought to go to a funeral um, mm-hmm. because the funeral reminds us that this is the ultimate end of this life. Yeah. Uh, a party is so delusional. Um, it, we, we would love for a party to last for a long time. And I know that sounds morbid. But I think it helps us. It helps us to shock us back into reality mm-hmm. that that this is the ultimate. When you go to a funeral, this is the ultimate reality of this life. And it makes us think more seriously about eternity. Yeah. Um, and a party, you know, the music is playing, the food, just so much going on. And and it it makes you not want to think about reality. Mm-hmm. And yet when you walk in and you see, if you go to a funeral memorial service, you see a picture or the deceased's body there, it really says like, yeah, this is my end too. Mm-hmm. And so I probably should start thinking about what life will look like after I die. And I think it does help us to think about a little bit more about eternity. Again, I know that's morbid, but I think it's it's There's it's reality there. for yeah. us. Yeah. So. I totally agree. Totally agree. So as we think about these verses, what can we believe about God, ourselves, or in others from this? Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things we can believe about God, God has prepared a place for us. Mm-hmm. He has prepared a place for us. And um, and he invites us to think seriously about that place. He invites us to think seriously about eternity, about that uh, about that home, about that city, about that, uh, about eternity, and um, and I think um, I think it's you know he invites us to uh, again to have that that consistent thought, and so he has prepared a place for us, and I think we should take that seriously. Yes, yeah, just that reminder of this is not all there is. Um, that we, this is not really, this isn't where we belong. Yeah. And it's a great reminder to me to not put all of my hope 
here in my experiences, in my station in life, and even the people that are around me, because they're going to fail me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that there is, and even in that, that downer side of it, but then the hope that that Absolutely. reminds us of, like there's actually something even better. Yeah. And we get a taste of it now. Yep. Looking forward to something better to come. Yep. That's really good. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us. Uh, Take time this week to have your own spiritual conversation with a friend. 